everybody. Welcome to the Design by the Hive show where I get to dive deep into designer brains and disentangle their craft in order to gain insights on their creative process, the magical utensils they use to make sparks fly, and their personal recommendations of resources worth studying. This episode is a Q&A with graphic designer Matt Borchert, where we touch base on a variety of topics such as his thoughts on handling deadlines, using an idea repository, online learning resources, and so much more. Enjoy. Start us off by telling me the story of how you came to be a graphic designer. Sure. Well, I started basically on the path of becoming a graphic designer in high school when I worked for a real estate company, basically doing their website stuff. So I'd take pictures of all the houses. Um, If you've ever done a virtual tour of a house where like the picture will spin around a room and you can kind of check it out. Uh, I was doing that and then uploading all the the pictures of that stuff to their website. Um, So I started fairly young. Um, And my path from there has kind of went a lot of different directions because I went to school for graphic design, but I actually graduated in furniture design because I just really liked the act of making something physical. When, when you're doing graphic design all the time, sometimes it feels like you're not producing something totally real. Um, so because of that, like furniture was exciting, but I also really loved doing stuff like screen printed posters because you had like a, a physical end result that felt like you were doing something pretty cool. Uh, after that, uh, graduating college, I actually worked in furniture design for like a year, but I just didn't love doing that as a job because uh, it was mainly about how cheaply you could produce something, not how cool it was or interesting it was. So after that, I eventually got back into graphic design, um, mainly doing t-shirt designs. Uh, so that's pretty much the main story of like my weird path to like starting in graphic design and then back to graphic design eventually. As you were beginning to make graphic design more of a profession, did you feel as though you needed to learn a lot of the business ends of your profession as well to make a living off of it? Yeah, it it was tough because when I actually started getting back into it, um, I mainly did it through an online t-shirt design form that doesn't exist anymore. But I liked the act of designing T-shirts, once again, because it was like a physical product that you felt like you were doing something. But because of that, I learned there's a lot of companies out there that are somewhat predatory. Uh, it's They'll like basically ask you to work for free under the, the guise of like, hey, if we like what you do, we'll hire you to do more of the stuff that you already did. Um, and that's really very prevalent in T-shirt design specifically. So it's been kind of a learn as you go thing for me where at first I had really no idea of like the business aspect, like what was a reasonable salary. Like I even, I didn't even have any clue to that. And that's still like such a wide range. It can be a weird thing, but just kind of learning to be smart about how you use your time. If people approach you with something that seems too good to be true, it might be uh, just basic business lessons like that. Since you said, for the most part, during college, you studied furniture design, would you say most of the knowledge you have about graphic design is self-taught? Uh, I I basically had enough credits to do a dual degree. Oh, okay, um, I see. So I had a, a pretty good knowledge um, of design. Uh, it was just, I, I split my efforts a lot more than your average person might have. When on deadline, what is the first thing you do in the morning? Do you take any days off? And what determines if you've had a successful day? 
Yeah, it's it's tough when you're juggling a bunch of stuff, and it, it kind of depends on your situation too. Like if you're a freelancer, or if you're like uh, working at a design agency or firm, because I guess in general the most important thing is to always keep track of all your different tasks and motions, so you you know where you left off, or you you know if something is like at a certain stage in the process that still has to be done, because it's really easy to forget to do a step. So the first thing I do in the mornings tends to be just like double checking everything, seeing where I'm at for the day making sure I'm not missing any critical deadlines that may or may not be happening. Uh, so using something like, like at work, I use Asana or Trello. Um, there's a, there's a website called Wonderlist That's really good for just like a basic, like checkbox task management, uh, that kind of stuff. And I've forgotten the rest of the question. <laughs> so, uh, do you take any days off while you're on deadline? Um, that's hard. Like, uh, I don't work every day. Like on the weekends, I try to take like some time off, but it's really hard to get it out of your head. So finding a balance, I think, is is like an ongoing struggle for most creative types because you're always thinking about the project you're working on or trying to like think of inspiration for the next thing you want to do. So it's it's always in my head. So even if I'm not like physically working, I have it running through my brain somewhere. You were saying how there's so many steps to be done for. I guess each individual project, how do you determine if you've had a successful day? That can be tricky too. Mainly it's, it's if I feel like I made substantial or at least like meaningful progress on what it is I'm working on. It's easy to get stuck in a rut sometimes where you, you just like can't figure out which direction to take something. And then you just get stuck for basically the entire day. Uh, when that happens, I generally just try to work on a different project or switch what I'm doing because if you get totally stuck and then you just stay kind of frustrated for being stuck, you'll end up burning an entire day really easily because of that. Do you have any personal criteria that you require for your designs? There's, there's never a specific criteria, just generally, um, over time I've really put more focus on producing work that I'm very proud of to make because especially jobs, um, right out of college or like your first design jobs will, will often be very quantity focused. Like how much stuff can you do? How quickly can you do it? Which is just kind of like a gateway to the design like field as a career. A lot of times, like entry level jobs will be all about like make this many this thing a day and you know just do them as quick as you can. Not so much like is this great design work that you're super proud of doing. Um, so as I've gotten older, I've kind of got the luxury now of just picking the projects I want to do. Uh, so so for me now, it's all just about being proud of the thing that I did. And if I'm proud of it when I'm done with it, then I feel pretty good about my time being spent there. What is the best career advice that you've ever received? Probably do more of what's working uh, because it can be very difficult to kind of juggle all the different ideas or different directions that you could possibly go down, especially in a creative field. There's like a million different directions, which is why it's such an exciting like industry to go down. Even as a graphic designer, there's like a, a million different things that you could be designing for different types of companies, different like lifestyle things, like from t-shirts to like road signage. It's all different stuff that's totally designed. So once you find something that's really working well for you, I think it's a smart idea to keep really focusing your efforts on that and seeing how far you can take it. I like that a lot. I agree. Um, I think often, especially in interior designing, 
there's always almost an infinite amount of creative solutions available and you have to either go more towards what your client is wanting or really go towards what pushes you creatively as an individual. Yeah. And even you saying that, that's another tricky thing (laughs) where they're hiring you or paying you because you're the expert in, you know, in what you do. And yet oftentimes they'll have like a substantial voice in (laughs) how they want things to look. So it, part of the job too, is just becoming really good at convincing people or (laughs) like, I think the best way to do it is to make the person think that your idea was their idea because then they're super (laughs) proud of it. Uh, but easier said than done. Since we're on the subject of client voices, is there by any chance any creative exercises that you use to stretch your creative abilities? Like um, any exercise you learned at college or even just meditation? Uh, Not specifically for me. Mainly like the most important thing for me is staying up to date with what what people are doing. So every day I'm checking design sites like Dribble or Behance, that kind of stuff, just looking at different people's work, even if it's not something that I produce. Um, I think it like you should never get too focused on your own style or your own interests. You should always be very open-minded about like basically everything that's happening. And once I find stuff that might be like outside of my creative comfort zone that I'm excited to look at, I try to recreate it in my own way, just to kind of pick up some ideas, uh, over how to make things basically push my comfort zone into something new, uh, which, which can lead you down some pretty exciting avenues when you're open to doing that. Out of all the designers in the world, who has been the most influential to you? That's actually a super tricky question. <laughs> I might cheat a little bit and say uh, the Eames. I believe it's Charles and Ray Eames. I want to Google that now. But they're furniture designers. But they they had such an iconic style with their furniture that almost makes it graphic as well. Because they used they they were really smart about how they use materials, how they use colors how they did a lot of different things that made design very accessible to people. Uh, They made it much more affordable while still pushing boundaries and doing really exciting work. And I think that's just a lesson that, that matters a whole lot, no matter what facet of design you go down, there's a lot of ways to accomplish things and doing it in a unique and very efficient, effective way is, is generally a path that I try to go down. What are the biggest misuses of time when working on a project? I think getting stuck for too long, if you're blocked with an idea, just in general, the the brainstorming creative idea generation part of the process, uh, a lot of companies will hold like big meetings, like brainstorm ideas, and they'll spend several hours just like making lists of ideas that'll never really go anywhere. I think it's much more important to actually start doing stuff uh, and seeing where the action of trying to actually solve that problem goes. Because even if you start on a path that doesn't work, you'll learn a lot quicker that it didn't work as you begin to actually do that thing than sitting out there trying to like carefully plot a thing before you even like pick up a pencil or start working on your computer. Would you say that you personally, would you say get kind of like creator's block more often during the idea process or during the execution phase? It's probably during the idea process. Really? Uh, yeah. One thing I've learned, though, is is whenever you have an idea that you like, 
to write it down, like just save it somewhere. I used to do it on post-it notes and it got really out of control Mm -hmm. where I just have like post-it notes of ideas, like stuck on top of each other all over the place until I eventually just stuck them online. But when you have like a really big back catalog of different ideas, even if it's some like silly phrase, like use a texture like this or like this color combination or this sort of geometric pattern, it, it allows you just to quickly pull that as like a resource to push you down a direction much quicker than if you had started with a totally blank slate. What tools would you recommend to someone wanting to jump into graphic designing? Well, Adobe pretty much has the market locked down as far as what almost any employer is going to want you to use. They're probably going to want you to use Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign as like the big three. There's certainly like if you go down user interface design, there's programs like Sketch that are becoming alternatives out there. But really knowing the Adobe software suite as well as you can, can really go a long way to helping you find a good job. Speaking of the Adobe suite, uh, your website, you have tons of tutorials on. I saw mostly geared towards Adobe Illustrator. What propelled you to begin teaching software? Well, it started out as I had released a simple uh, product that was like a texture pack for however you wanted to use them, essentially. But I didn't know if people knew of good ways to use textures in Photoshop that are, you know, basically blah, blah, uh, excuse me, black and white textures on paper. So I taught uh, the people who bought that how to basically pull black off of white really easily in a way that's better than using like the, the wand tool or something like that. And I got a lot of really good feedback from that. So because of that, I eventually just started deciding to show people how to do whatever I thought was cool. Uh, Part of it was I was a little bit frustrated with schools in general. Like in the U.S., it's so expensive to go to a lot of colleges if you're not on a scholarship. And I think it really hinders people to learning uh, good design if you can't afford to go to school. Or uh, some schools, too, like they just don't teach. (laughs) They don't teach the kids very well. Uh, I've seen so many portfolios of people coming out of school where it's just like, man, I don't know what, you know, like what were they teaching that this was someone's four years worth of work. They're so like not prepared for entering the actual job market. And that just like, I don't know, it makes me feel really bad when I see stuff like that. So I wanted to try to give something back however I could, which is mainly just if I ever learn something cool, I just want to share that rather than keeping that as like some professional secret to myself. I'd rather let other people know how to do it too. That is such a major help to anyone trying to gain entry into this field. And it's wild to think you did it kind of almost on a whim and just thinking like, oh, I'm going to give back. And the reality is you're probably going to be viewed as someone's mentor later on in their careers because they had access to your videos. I think that's really sweet that you were able to do that in such a way to have a great impact on some other young designer. No, I think it's really important to, because when I first started designing, I, anything cool I knew how to do. And I thought other people didn't know how to do. I was like, Oh, this is my, this is like my secret, my secret design thing that I can use to like make myself money somehow, uh, where you tend to like keep those, those things close to yourself. But it's, so much more rewarding just to give that back to other people because it doesn't really further you as a designer. It doesn't push you forward to just keep using the same things over and over again. If anything, that makes you get kind of stuck and teaching other people to do that is just 
like you're obviously the person that figured it out. So you'll be good at it anyways. And that's just, you know, like you have, you have the jump start there, but when you teach other people how to do things, it, it makes you better at those things too. And it makes you better at explaining those things because it makes you process, whoops. Uh, it makes you process things a little bit differently. Since we, I kind of mentioned mentors, are there any designers that you consider to be your mentor? That's a pretty broad answer to me because it'd be so many different people who I've worked with. So it's not like any one specific person, but much more so anyone at any job essentially I've worked at or even online, just like quick, quick tips who was willing to spend some time on me, like showing me how to do something I didn't know has been a, a majorly huge help to me because I like to ask a lot of questions when I don't understand something, which can be probably frustrating to someone who's like, why does Matt keep asking all these darn questions? But when you're able to ask the questions and someone's able to answer them, you learn so much quicker than just like stumbling through slowly by yourself. So that's been a huge help for sure. What has been the greatest learning experience of your career? Probably just in general, when I switched out of furniture design back into graphic design, that whole relearning process of like getting better at fully understanding like how to make graphics effectively using the programs. Cause in college it was more just make the project and the, the end result was really all that mattered. Uh, but I didn't become really good at the software. I didn't become really good at generating lots of different ideas or solving problems from a perspective that was different than my own. So because of that, I just basically forcing myself to kind of relearn all that stuff again. It made me much better at at basically learning, at figuring out how to figure out stuff on my own instead of relying solely on being instructed like step by step how to do something. And like that process of getting better at getting better has been super helpful. If people had to teach themselves about graphic design, are there any instructional books that you would recommend to them? I don't know about books so much. Like there's there's some like core typography books out there uh, that you can just like if you Google a list of good good books for typography, you'll you'll see suggestions that I'm sure are awesome. But for me, the more exciting stuff that's going on right now are places like Skillshare, like online basically courses by well-known designers who are like teaching you step by step their process. I think that's kind of the future of of learning on your own. And there's also some really cool stuff. There's a, a website called edX, like edX.org, that offers super high-end classes from places like Harvard, MIT, uh, Columbia, like really well-known Ivy League schools for like 50 bucks to get a certified uh, piece of paper for taking the class. So, And all that's totally free, too. Like You don't even have to pay anything. Oh, really? I was yeah. assuming as soon as you said edX, I was thinking that must be a pricey online course. Yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of against expensive schools because I went to a really expensive school and it, it holds you back so much when you have a lot of student loan debt. Um, yes. So that's what I found really exciting about that movement is they offer all the classes for totally free. You don't get like a certification for completing them, but all the information's out there if you're willing to spend the time. And EDX in particular is more about about business. Uh, business and programming, but they do have for design courses and some of like the entrepreneurial classes they offer can be super useful if you're getting started in design because having a basic 
at least a very basic understanding of business is extremely helpful, especially if you want to go the route of freelancing as opposed to like agency work. Where is the place on the internet where people can keep up with you or the work that you do, social media or a website? Sure. My website is my name. So mattborchert.com. I generally keep that up to date with products I'm making, or if I post a tutorial, I'll throw the links in there. And all my social contact information is on there as well, so you can just easily pull it. I mainly just use Twitter for social, so uh, Matt Borchard on Twitter. If you have any asks or requests or advice that you'd like to leave with the people listening? I'd say just as far as advice goes, just keep pushing forward with what you care about. And don't slow down. Don't take too much time to to worry about what it is that you're doing. Uh, just keep making projects, and the more you do, the better you get. So just keep at it, keep going forward, and that's really the best path to continuing to learn and really excel at what you're doing. Because those who I've found are the very most successful at what they do. Like they'll have some high profile job somewhere, but then on the weekend they're, they're posting great work, but it's, it's their passion work. It's the stuff that they really care about that might not fit into their day-to-day responsibilities. And it's because they're willing to go that extra step that really makes them be at the very top of what they're doing. So I always, I always try to like meet that level of expectation. It's hard to do. It's a big time commitment, but I think it's super important to at least give a good shot at Hey everyone, this is Ines again. Before you take off, just a few things. Number one, if you're interested in checking out anything that was discussed during this episode, you can check out the show notes with all of that information by following the link in the description. Also, this is Design Dose, a short email where I share a quick behind the scenes of what I'm currently drooling over in the design world. It's just a fun piece of goodness for you to chew over before you get hit by the work week. It includes favorite design pieces I've discovered, interesting design articles, and other crazy magic that I've managed to stumble upon. Check it out. Just go to designbythehive.com and drop in your email to get the very next one. Until next time, thank you for listening.